Welcome to Leo Rising, a living tarot and creative intuition podcast. Here we'll have a conversational exploration of tarot, personal and spiritual growth, and identity formation. It's less of a how-to and more of a come along on the journey with me. I'll process stories from my life, both from the past and from the current moments that I'm moving through, to give listeners things to think about in their own journey. I'll also be introducing you to wonderful humans who are exploring these topics in their lives, either personally, professionally, or both. So my name is Jenna Fox, and I'm an educator, writer, tarot reader, Reiki master, and queer mystical mama. What I'm not is an expert. So if you're a seeker, if you've got a curious mind or are interested in esoteric topics, then this is the podcast for you. And I'm so excited to have you on the journey. Let's get started, shall we? On this episode, I talk to you about how some scary cards are showing up in my life and maybe how they're not quite so scary after all. So it was the end of a long week and on Saturday morning I woke up before the rest of the house and I poured myself a mimosa and I sat down at my kitchen table and it was sunny um, and I decided that I was going to do a reading for myself. And so instead of doing a tarot card reading, I thought that it would be helpful for me to get my wild unknown animal oracle deck out. And I often like using the Animal Oracle deck for just a signifier card. So maybe not necessarily doing an entire spread with it, um, because then I start to feel a little bit like it's a zoo, kind of like a menagerie of of animal cards. Um, Although sometimes that can be really great and helpful too. But I like to use it as just one card or two cards. So just kind of check in and see maybe what is, what's an animal um, element that I am experiencing right now. And so I sat there in the sunshine on Saturday morning and the card that I drew was the phoenix. And if you're familiar with the myth of the phoenix, it is a beautiful bird and In this deck, it's a spirit card. So unlike it being related to earth, water, um, fire, or air, this is the fifth element, the spirit. And so it's kind of that mystical, you know, ethereal, intangible thing you can't quite grasp. Um, And it feels really, for me, connected to like the the concept of soul or big themes that I'm going through. And so here it is, the Phoenix card. And if you're familiar with the myth of the Phoenix, it's a beautiful bird that self-immolates and it turns to ash. And then from the ash, it rises again. It resurrects even more brilliantly. And it can do this repeatedly over and over again. And so this concept of burning to the ground rising again, resurrection. And that's a pretty deep and challenging concept because on the surface, it's like, okay, great. It, you know, continues to live again, recreates itself, renews, but that process is not exactly easy, right? 
So it was a hard week. And this is where I really love um, that tarot is so practical. Tarot is something that I can use um, just in my daily life to kind of have a little glimpse. Uh, I, I read a quote this week from Sharon Salzberg, who said that anxiety is too much energy, like an excess of energy in a cramped and small space. And I like that because often my brain feels that way, right? Where it's like, I have so many thoughts and they're not all bad thoughts. When I was a kid, I actually didn't realize that I was worried or that I had anxiety. My parents would ask like, what are you worried about? What are you worried about? And it was like, nothing. Um, I just think a lot of things and apparently it's not normal to be up at three in the morning worrying or thinking about what you're going to eat for breakfast. And if you wear the yellow shoes versus the blue shoes. And, um, it turns out that that was anxiety, but I didn't know anything different because that was just my way of being in the world. So let me talk to you about this week and how tarot has shown up in my life and some of these uh, big ideas around the Phoenix and resurrection. So I have a six-year-old child, and I want you to imagine, and if, if you follow me on Instagram, um, or you know me in real life, um, you will know my six-year-old son by his curly hair. He has um, blonde, curly hair. It's like, goes past his shoulders and it is beautiful. I am so jealous <laughs> of his hair. Um, I have curls, but not quite like his magical curls. And if I were to assign a tarot card to, um, just give a representation of who my son is in the world instead of how I see him, it would be the magician. Um, which is really the first card in the whole tarot journey um, if you ignore the fool. So the magician is magical, right? And yet grounded at the same time. And so that is my son. His name is Brewer and he's six years old and he's in kindergarten. And last week he came home. This was last Sunday, so over a week ago. And it was a sunny day and we were out to breakfast and he had bruises on his inner thighs. And I was like, buddy, what's, what's going on? And he said, oh, mommy, that's where I'm not going to use the kid's real name. So I'll just say Danny. Um, mommy, that's where Danny hit, uh, hits and punches me and kicks me. And we've had some issues with this kid all year, um, as in any kindergarten classroom or any classroom, really, there's just been some growing pains, but I didn't realize it had escalated to physical violence, um, beyond just playground kids are going to be kids and fall and scrape and tussle. Right. Um, and I said, well, like, tell me more. Right. And so we're sitting there at the, at the table and he said, well, um, I made a deal with Danny that he could hit and kick and punch me instead of one of these little girls that he's, that my son is friends with. And he said, I'm just trying to be a good friend. I'm trying to protect my friends. And that was heartbreaking as a mom. <laughs> that was really challenging to hear. 
Um, it was both heartwarming to know that I'm raising a child that I take no credit for this sweet spirit that he has, um, that he was willing to kind of put himself on the line to help protect some of the kids in his class. And at the same time, who boy, <laughs> my mom hackles are raised, right? And so I did a reading the next day, you know, after emailing the principal and the, the teacher and kind of getting the ball rolling on making sure that this is an incident that's, you know, not ignored. And I did a reading. And this is where the, the these difficult cards come up. Um, so I did a three card reading for myself. And the card that signified me was the seven of swords. And this is a card that's actually been stalking me a little bit. Um, and it's come up in some readings for clients. And it's just been a, a card that's been around. So the Seven of Swords in this deck that I was using, which was the Dreaming Way Tarot, um, is an image of somebody like back turned, swords grasped and kind of like running away. And wow, did that <laughs> not seem completely appropriate to what I was experiencing. Just this idea of like, shoot, I need to get out of here. I want to abscond uh, with my swords and I want to leave all responsibility behind and this is difficult and my mind is swirling and swords is a deck or is a suit of um, thoughts and just that those anxious thoughts. The card that crossed me which is the obstacle which is the too muchness and often um, tarot readers will, will think say that this is like the cross or an obstacle I like to think of the card as also too much of something. Um, you know, one slice of pizza is great. An entire pizza, maybe too many slices, right? Um, and so sometimes the card, if, if it's a quote, good card, you can just have too much of it, right? It's like an overflow. You need to like turn off the tap a little bit. But the card that was crossing, so my seven of swords wanting to run away, abscond with, you know, my swords and just leave, was the devil card. And the devil card can feel like a very challenging card for people. Um, in this deck, I love it because the image of the devil is a woman in a high collared dress, kind of reminiscent of Emily Dickinson. And the people that are sort of ensnared in that, um, in the devil's clutches. And one of the hesitations that I've heard from people, especially anyone that's lived within the Christian tradition, is the concept of some of these scary cards. You know, uh, seeing a, an image of the devil, right, is like, oh no, is this mediumship? Am I um, calling the devil or demons into my life? Is this, does this mean that that's going to happen? Is it, it, you know, demonic possession? Is, you know, the, the horned <laughs> Lucifer going to just show up on my doorstep? And I don't think that that's actually what happens, right? And now we could have an entire conversation about whether those figures are actual, real, fact, solid, like, um, and I recognize that nothing is solid, no matter is, but real physical solid or simply concepts to be able to describe different aspects of our life. 
But what I read this card as was the devil's advocate. And I had been all year poo-pooing um, and not wanting to get involved in the school and just like trying to let things ride out because as my as my former experience as a crisis counselor I knew that this child Danny had been traumatized and I knew that he had been held back and I knew some of these things and I was like you know this kid deserves a chance and he needs advocacy and my kid's a great kid and you know things will work it out work itself out and it wasn't until my kid came home with bruises that I was like no I can no longer play devil's advocate. And in this moment, I need to step up and I need to protect my child. And I need to get the ball rolling in a way that I probably should have been getting it rolling much earlier. And it's sad because, you know, we say those those phrases, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And just different things of like, okay, you know, actual words may be more traumatizing than like a bruise. And my kid seems pretty, um, just go with it, roll with, with the situation. It, the, the physical assault didn't stop there. He was punched in the stomach twice after the bruises he came home with the week before. And so we're in this, in this situation. So this, this card reading that I did at the beginning of the week, seven of swords, the devil's advocate, um, and then an ascension into a major arcana strength. And what a beautiful card that was in this in the Dreaming Way deck. The the woman is standing there with the lion, and there's a real peacefulness around this strength. And so it was asking me to call into myself, remember that strength that I have. So that wasn't the only thing that happened this week. So we're dealing with some of this deep um hard parenting, um, issues and, you know, and seeing that devil card. Right. And when I think of the devil, it just, it reminds me and it makes me think about the Christian tradition and my upbringing. So y'all may be surprised based on the fact that I'm a tarot reader and I'm, you know, and mystical and spiritual and kind of into, um, you know, the esoteric that I attend a Christian Presbyterian church weekly. I'm actually an ordained elder though. I'm not sure that they would ever <laughs> want me to be serving back in that capacity. And the most recent sermon, it was reminding us that in the Christian tradition, that we're still in Eastertide, and this concept of resurrection, um, and if you're not familiar with the story, so Jesus on Easter was crucified, and then on, um, and died, and then on Easter uh, was raised from the dead. So the concept of resurrection, going back to that idea of the phoenix rising from the ashes. And I've been listening to, it was a pretty um, formational, I would guess, podcast, although I had been doing a lot of my own um, spiritual journey, but the Liturgist podcast, most recent episode um, was on mysticism, and that's something that I um, gravitate heavily towards. 
If you're familiar at all with spiral dynamics, um, which is a way of conceptualizing how people view the world, I would say that I'm a purple. And purple is very much into sort of the mystical, the magical, the witchy, um, you know, herbalism and seeing nature and animism. And so as the, as our pastor was talking about resurrection and what does this mean, I am less concerned with the actuality, with the historical fact. To me, it doesn't matter if historically, factually, a dead body came back to life. As the idea of this theme of resurrection and coming back to life and energy moving on and changing and transforming and how it means in my own life to have things change and transform. So I was driving home on Friday. So this was before the resurrection um, sermon that we had on Sunday. And this was kind of at the end of the week with the, the challenge with my son. And in the car, you know, I'm listening to a podcast. I'm just bebopping along. We're on the freeway, kind of stuck in traffic. And my son says, Mommy, can we drive by my old house? And this isn't unusual for me, although it's been a couple of years since he has made any sort of mention of another family. And I was like, well, buddy, I don't know where your old house is. And I read a few years ago that said, with children that you should just kind of go with whatever they're talking about. Um, because if you say, oh, you stop it, you know, you didn't have an old house, you didn't have another mom, you didn't have whatever, that, that can shut down their process. And so just go with it. Well, I don't know where your old house is, buddy. And then he starts to talk about this brown and black house that he used to live in. And in moments like this, when he shares these stories, he, he gets a different um, countenance to him. And that's the only way I can really describe it. I don't think anyone else has um, witnessed his stories other than me. And now his brother was in the car as well. But he uses language that seems a little bit advanced for a six-year-old, or just not how he normally would speak. So he says that he lived in this house, and he was the dad. And then he then he goes on to say, I was, I'm really worried that if I show up, they won't believe me. They won't believe that I'm their dad, um, and that they'll just think that I'm a child, and that they won't believe me. And so then he started to tell me about um, how he was a dad. And the thing that was most interesting to me was that he kept talking about his wife, Christine, and just how much he missed her. Um, and he just, I could sense that he was feeling things really deeply. And going with this concept of like resurrection and the phoenix and Jesus dying on a cross and, you know, three days later raising from the dead. To me, it doesn't matter if my kid really lived a thousand years ago and was died in a house fire, which is what he said. He said he, he, he died, he was in a house fire and everyone thinks he died, but he became my child. 
And another funny detail was that he said he had six kids, but he doesn't really miss the babies, but just the big kids, um, which makes sense because babies are kind of annoying, right? So here he is talking about this and probably for five minutes, he said, he just kept saying, mommy, I really miss Christine. And I could tell that his tender little heart was really experiencing that emotion in that moment. And that was what I was called to tend to because the grief he was experiencing over this person that I don't know if existed, I don't know if I'll ever know if they existed, um, was real to him in that moment. In that moment, he was feeling very sad in the same way that he has felt sad before when talking about missing his great-grandma, who he knew before she died. And so it was just this really deep and kind of intense week for me with, you know, some physical violence and then me kind of having to recenter, recalibrate my own sense of what... In, I need to do as a mom and how I need to act because um, oftentimes I don't want to um, do some of these things or I can overreact. I can go in and kind of have that bully mom <laughs> and I need to have the quiet strength and be able to follow, you know, some protocol and keep my kids safe without going into sort of batshit crazy like lawsuit territory, right? Because that's my initial instinct is just be like, don't hurt my kid. And then also sitting with some of these big, deep, unanswerable questions and grief that my kid continues to bring to me. I can't keep him safe all the time from the, the hard things in the world. And I can't solve his big grief if they are past life memories, if they're real, quote unquote, real, or if they're just simply that's the story that he is experiencing the moment. And that's what I think is so interesting and why I really gravitate toward tarot is that I don't have to have those answers. When I draw the cards, they could be any of the cards, right? But it just so happened that I drew the seven of swords and the devil and strength. And it just so happens that on the Saturday morning at the end of a long week, I drew the Phoenix and it helped of the 70 cards or the 68 cards or the 82 cards or whatever, how many cards in that deck, that particular one spoke to me. A different one probably would have spoken to me as well. Right. And so that's where I'm in this mystical, I don't have all the answers and I don't know if everything is tangible and yet it's still meaningful. So that's how tarot has been showing up in my life. And I would love to hear any feedback or comments. I know I posted this story of um, my son's, I'm just going to call it a past life recollection because that's what feels um, true to me in the, in a, as a description, whether it actually happened or not, I can't say. Um, and I've had a lot of really interesting feedback about people who have known people that have had similar experiences or just kind of interest in his, his own re recollection. So would love to hear if you have any thoughts about past lives or the concept of 
rebirth and resurrection and how that's showing up in your life. Hope you guys have a great week and I'll talk with you soon. Hey friends, thanks for listening to Leah Rising, a tarot and creative intuition podcast. As of January 2021, this podcast and all of the information is archived. So feel free to listen to the episodes. The wisdom of the tarot is everlasting. But much of the information about um, booking a reading from people has changed in the last couple of years. So know that there isn't a tarot um, Instagram account or email address or way to get a hold of me for readings at this point. And of course, I will update that in the future if it changes.